You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm just, I have this big grin on my face, so I love this man. Like, I can't say that we've known each other in, like, physical human form that long this lifetime, but um, just really, really feel connected to him. He's, he's just a lovely, lovely person, and I'm so excited that he's come to share um, just his wisdom with us. I mean, this he, he, he was a lawyer for 18 years, and then he went on to run the largest personal development company in North America, Peak Potentials. Um, Adam Markella is just, a, is, I don't know, I mean, just, just when you, you meet him, you, do, you can feel him. He, he's, 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 what, what we would say is he's, he's done the work, you know, he walks his talk, and um, I can't think of any greater accolade to offer somebody. He's an author, a husband, a father of four kids. Um, but he's remarkable in the transformation and change space. And so I'm really, really excited to talk with him about um, pivoting and change and transformation. And so please, please join me in welcoming him to the show. Welcome, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Tonya, thank you so much for having me. What a, what a blessing and a pleasure, really. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I adore you. And so I'm really just, anytime I get to spend with you, I'm excited about. So this works out for me. I'm totally self-serving. <laughs> oh, I'm with you there. Yay. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, well, at true to form, we'll, we'll throw you in and just say, what are your superpowers? What are my superpowers? That's a really great question. Um, I'm going to give that some thought for just a second. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to think about it at all, actually. I'm just going to feel into it. And my, my superpower has been for... I think since I'm a little, little kid that I have a big heart. I, uh, I just genuinely love, I love people. Um, I'm not always patient. Uh, I work on patience and I, <laughs> I judge and I work on not judging and all the rest of it. Um, but I love, I love people genuinely and I have a big heart. That's what I've always been told by folks and I, uh, I've started to believe it. So <laughs> that's my superpower. Oh, I love that. What a great superpower. And it, and it, and it comes in, to everything you do like how did that well uh, that was a, a total supposition i can see that it comes into play now with what you do how did you manage that as an attorney oh, that's a good question that's a great question it was not easily not easily because um and i think that's part of the reason why i needed to pivot out of that practice of uh, of law um, it's interesting enough because uh, I know a lot of people who are lawyers. My brother's a lawyer. My sister-in-law is a lawyer. And for me, anyway, at least the way I was practicing law, it was deadening my heart. And that didn't sit well with me after a, a number of years. It just kind of was creating misery and, and pain. And I could see things changing in my outlook and, and my physical body was changing and, and my energetic state was changing because I didn't, I didn't really love what law was, how it was showing up for me in my own life. I mean, other, I made a lot of money and I was successful in the business sense, but on a personal level, I was just, uh, I was in conflict. And so you just pointed out my, my area of conflict because uh, litigation and it very much, the practice of law can be adversarial, even in the simplest of things like a of real estate closing and you know whatnot um and while there were parts of the practice of law that did appeal to me uh, for example i i still 
uh, part of my, my DNA, part of my superpowers as well is that I, I'm a good defender of people. Uh, I stand up for people. I, I was bullied as a kid and uh, don't have very much tolerance for bullies. And so, uh, you know, standing up for the little guy and the underdog and all that kind of thing is natural to me. And I had some ability to do that in the practice of law. Now I empower people in a different way. Uh, but the, you know, the, the, the long and short of it was it created conflict between my heart uh, and what, what I was feeling on the inside and what I was doing and doing really in, in all candor just for money. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. Like, you know, maybe that's the space that you and I really connect in is, is the, you know, I had a very similar experience in the counterintelligence arena. And, um, you know, similar to you, it was like it was serving a purpose. It was doing good. You know, there was, there was the defense side. There was a national security angle. Um, and at the end of the day, like, it just felt deadening. I really like that you use that word. It, was, it wasn't expansive. It was so constrictive um, with regard to, you know, who I felt myself becoming. And, um, and that was challenging. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, it was like it was a real, like, um, gut check moment because, you know, when you when you have positions like that, that a lot of people covet, in all honesty, because it's, you know, it, it, a lot of those positions really represent achievement and success, and, and, and we kind of hold them up in a higher regard. Um, to walk away from it, um, for a lot of folks, is just simply unheard of. Um, you know, I remember I, I was 30 days away from tenure with the government when I left. And I remember, I mean, people were just you just don't do that. You know, first of all, nobody ever leaves like the spy arena at all. You know, you just never leave it. But if you do, it's like, you know, there's, there's usually it's retirement. Um, and, and it was just, it was just unheard of, but, but um, you know, did you, did you have a similar experience where it was like you were just done or, you know, how did, how did that unfold for you? Yeah. I had the same thing. People said to me, you're out of your mind. You're like giving up your, your meal ticket, <laughs> you're giving up your, your ticket, uh, you know, your ticket to a lot of things, um, because as you said, it's it's coveted and it takes time and money to get there as well, and uh, you know all that. I just didn't. Um, I'll rem I'll remember one one moment for the rest of my life that was the most painful sort of moment of transition, which I would maybe um, I, I can say this and sort of be be. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but I, I'll say it, and I have some basis for for the uh, for the for, for saying this. But I can't. I don't have firsthand knowledge. Let's put it this way: I've witnessed the birth of four children. So I didn't give birth to four children, but I've <laughs> witnessed right up front, up close, personal, uh, from all angles and all. <laughs> now, now I understand all of the caveating. You're yeah. like, okay, how do I say this? <laughs> well, because for a woman, you know, for a man to say, oh, you know, I understand childbirth. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Right? Um, <laughs> that's probably not going to go over well. That's not going to go over well. I will say that the moment I'm going to share with you was a moment of birth for me. It was like a birthing. And it was like the births I've witnessed incredibly painful. So I'm in my office. It was the, we had, I had done a pivot, kind of a mini pivot out of Manhattan. I kept my, uh, my office in Manhattan, but I didn't go into Manhattan very much after a certain couple of years um, in transitioning to, uh, to work closer to home. So I opened an office in New Jersey where I was also admitted to practice. And so I had that office there. And when my pivot was, um, was sort of uh, in its latter stages, so I had already started to do something else. Um, I, 
definitely want people to understand pivoting is reinvention. We're reinventing in some area, whether it's career-wise or it's a business uh, pivot or it's a relationship or health pivot. You know, that, that term I use is, is to define how do we change? What's the process for change? Because it is much more a process than it is a plan. So I was going through this process of changing from being a lawyer to doing something that called more to my heart, my soul, and, and really was more in alignment with my superpowers like we started with. And, um, and so I was in the latter stages of making that pivot, that change into practicing, uh, out of practicing law into being a, a teacher, um, but a different kind of a teacher. I was a junior high school teacher years and years earlier, but this was teaching adults and young adults and older adults uh, how to, how to lift themselves out of their circumstances, how to change their mindset, how to reprogram their, their brains, how to reprogram what they were doing, the, the, the habits they had and things like that to create more success uh, in their life with money in, in terms of their businesses, in terms of just being more, more, in alignment with what they truly wanted to do or what their gifts were, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that was me traveling around the world and standing on stages and teaching and training and facilitating processes and exercises. I got to see the best of people. I got to see people breaking through their fears and their obstacles. Whereas when I was a lawyer, I was seeing oftentimes the worst in people fighting over $25 or $25 million or whatever, but you know, lots of just, stuff that was adversarial. So here I am feeling really great about this, this reinvention process for myself. And I'm in my office and the downstairs is a shredded truck, a company that shreds documents. And so I had all these documents that were seven or eight years old or, or older uh, that I was now going to shred because I didn't have any legal requirement to keep the documents any longer. And they were, they were only going to be kept because, you know, if I'm keeping my law practice open, you know, you just don't kind of throw anything away, it seems. But uh, so it was down there for two days. That's how much was being shredded. It was and, and I was in my office, the furniture had been removed, you know, I was on the last couple of weeks of my lease. Um, everything was kind of gone. There was just a few file cabinets left. And, uh, and I'm, I'm in the middle of this space and I kind of drop down on the ground and I'm on my back and I'm rolling, almost writhing in pain like a baby. And I'm, you know, bawling and you know, I'm hysterical crying and I've got this just pain, this enormous pain in, in my stomach. Um, again, like what I would imagine some, you know, element of the pain of giving birth uh, is like. And I just, I was, the, what was going on in my mind was really this, the thought that I had spent, you know, that what was being shredded downstairs represented sort of 15, 16 years of my life. And, uh, and that realization for whatever, you know, whatever it, it was just was so uh, poignant, uh, so visceral, as a friend of mine likes to say, um, so painful that I couldn't contain it. Like it just embodied me uh, for, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I'll never forget that. That was, the, that was just one of those, you know, those moments where it's like I went through the threshold because on the other side of that threshold was, was the new, you know, the newer version, the up, the updated and upgraded version of myself. And, uh, and that was not easy. So, yeah. 
Wow. That is such a powerful story. And, and it's so important. I think in, um, you know, the consciousness awareness kind of transformational communities, um, personal development, all of them that, you know, I, I see a lot of people wanting to brush over the tumultuousness, if you will, the, um, the, just the, the gut wrenching kind of feeling of going through some of these transformations. And I think we do people a disservice to pretend that it's all easy. Um, it's, it's, it's the most natural thing in the world, I think, to go through, but, it, but that doesn't mean that it's always in that moment easy. And for you to represent it in that way and to have it experienced it that way, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate calling that out and saying, you know, it's it, on the other side, of course, it's easy to talk about, like, it's, you know, oh, just come on over, come on this side, you know, it, it's great. And, and I don't know, you know, maybe similar to, <laughs> back to your analogy of childbirth, maybe it is similar to childbirth in the sense that, you know, once you're holding the baby in your arms, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that wasn't that bad, you know, but <laughs> you remember in the moment, it was like, no, that was pretty, pretty darn tough. Um, and, and so I appreciate that, that you add all those elements into it um, and, and talk about it from that perspective. Uh, I, th I think it's important to do it and not, not in a way to warn people off, you know, or to caution them, but, but just to kind of paint a more realistic picture that, of course, you're going to do it. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy right in that moment, but you have to continue to choose to move through it. Um, well, it's, and a, it's, it's a threshold, like you're saying, mm -hmm. and, and just for anybody that, you know, as either has kids or, or was once a child, <laughs> um, you don't remember your own birth, fortunately. Um, but the good news is that the pain of that birthing process is, is, you know, a part of, it's a part of it. That's, it's natural. I know I haven't met anyone yet. I haven't met a woman yet that said her birth or her childbirth was, was anything uh, other, well, I should say it, that there wasn't any pain associated with it. So, and then if you haven't had any pain during childbirth, you, you know, raising, raising up kids, you're going to have plenty of painful moments <laughs> <laughs> you, when they're in their teenage years or, or at some other point in time, you know, parenting has, uh, you know, is painful. Um, and not in, in, in the sense of don't do it and not in the sense of it's wrong uh, mm -hmm. or bad. It's just a part of the process. And so, yeah, um, I don't, I don't typically talk about that particular moment, but I think it's really, I think it is realistic and telling uh, that in the, in the course of getting something more out of your life or something that you truly want from living, um, you have to be willing to trade pain for it. And as Michael Singer says in, in the untethered soul, which I absolutely adore that book, he says, you know, well, we spend our lives, so much of our lives is spent trying to avoid pain. That, that's like 99% of our, of our effort and our energy goes in on some, you know, at some points to just avoiding ex the experience of pain. Um, and what if pain is just another thing in the universe? What if it's nothing more or less than, than just a thing in the universe? Like, I don't know, like a tape dispenser, like your shoes, like a plant, like anything. Um, and if you were able to experience uh, pain as a thing in the universe without resisting it or fearing it so greatly that, you're, that you, you guide you know, your actions and, and your thoughts and you do things just uh, to avoid that, that feeling of pain, you know, how liberating is that? And, and he actually says, and I agree with this, that pain, pain is the price you pay for liberation in many ways. And so for me, 
to bring it to bring it home, tie that 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 loop up a little. Um, that was that that was a, a very painful, physically painful moment for me in time, and it was it was the price or part of the price for liberating my soul. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Mm, I love that. You know, you're reminding me. I had a similar experience and I hadn't I hadn't reflected on it in quite some time, but um, my experience with it was, was similar in the sense that I was, I fell to the floor and I remember at that point in time, it felt like there were two kind of warring factions inside of me. And I remember in that moment, very clearly not feeling like I had the strength to choose to go through it and rather um, just begged it to stop. And I said, I don't, I don't care who wins. I don't even know what you are. I just want this over. And what was interesting is what transpired after that was a series of, you know, a few years and it came back, um, not, not with as much um, intensity, but when it came back the next time, I was very clear what was going on, at least metaphorically for me, was kind of the age-old like, ego, spirit kind of battle. And in that moment, I um, very consciously chose and said, oh, no, like, this, this is it. Like, we're moving through this now. Like, we're not, you know, I don't, I don't care how painful it is. I, I'm going through it this time. I'm not, I'm not going to avoid it or walk around it. Um, and so I, I had both of those experiences. But it's funny because I hadn't reflected on that until, until, you, shared, um, until you shared your story. So thank you for that. Um, I think, I think it, gives, it gives a whole added layer to what do you, what do you want? You know, when you're in the midst of that, what will you choose? And, and a lot of the teachings and stuff that we talk about at superpower experts is, is in the moment you get to choose and every single moment, the choice that you make determines what comes next. And, um, and so, so my question to you based on that is like, how do you, with, with regard to the pivot conversation, and, and I do want to get into the book. Um, but when you're working with people, how do you, kind of gear them up for those transitional moments and and what kind of um, kind of tips or tricks do you have to offer to our listeners on how do you manage those? Mm. Well, one of the things we teach and and that's in the book as well is, is a formula for resilience because a part of what we're talking about is the, the ability to be resilient, to be able to bounce back from, from things, from setbacks, from disappointments, what have you. And so the resilience formula, I think, is key. Resilience is, um, you know, the ability to recover uh, quickly is what, you know, pro athletes, the best athletes, Olympic athletes, they they are the best at doing that. In fact, the Harvard Business Review article compared those types of athletes, the top performers to uh, executives in business and entrepreneurs and found that that's really what is one of the key ingredients to creating successful long uh, you know, sustainable results in 
in business is the ability to do what athletes do, which is to recover quickly, to bounce back from, from setback uh, very quickly, emotionally, uh, mentally, physically, and even spiritually, that, that capacity to recover quickly. And so, you know, to me, there's, there's three parts to it. I just give you, give you those three parts really quickly. Um, one is to take a look at your situation and frame it uh, as we do. We, you know, that's quote unquote, the story that we tell. Uh, and we're great storytellers. We're constantly, you know, creating meaning around things and then telling a story about it. So the meaning that you give something is key. And the story that you, you know, how you frame uh, what you're giving meaning to is also the, the sort of foundation for everything that's going to get built on that. So if you, you know, turn around, you, you create a story about, you know, how you've been wrong, how you've been betrayed, how uh, something, uh, you know, was devastating and, and you made an awful mistake, you screwed up, somebody cheated you, whatever. I mean, all the different stories, uh, you know, that we tell based on the meaning that we give to things. Um, you know, if you tell that kind of a story, you're going down a path and that path is, is not going to help you to recover more quickly. It's not going to help you to be more resilient. In fact, it'll, it'll only make the situation worse. What I found, and again, in this study, they, they talk about this as well, is that when we tell ourselves a, a more empowering uh, story, when we give something uh, a meaning that is positive, a meaning that is powerful, um, so to take a look at a situation and, and, and frame it in a way that says, you know what? I didn't. I did lose my money on that particular, you know, business venture. Um, does that mean that I'm not equipped to be in business? Does that mean I'm an idiot? Does that mean uh, you know I should have gone to business school? Does that mean I can never run a successful business because I failed in business or in some you know business relationship? I mean, clearly the answer is no. <laughs> you don't have to go far to find you know thousands of examples and hundreds certainly of really famous successful examples of people that failed in business or failed in something they were trying and then succeeded you know the 10th time after that the 100th time after that or the next the very next time um, so creating a a new frame for the situation uh, and one of the things that is really helpful to me in creating that new frame is to ask this question that my wife Randy has reminded me of uh, for many years now, and that is, what is the creative opportunity? It, it's a very powerful question, and I hope you know folks hearing that will write it down. What is the creative opportunity in this situation that I'm in? Because that immediately will will bring you, bring your mind uh, and your meaning making, you know, the meaning making machinery of your mind uh, to the place of looking for opportunity, looking for the creative. Um, juice in what's happened. So that's part one is, you know, asking that question, what's the creative opportunity so that you can reframe whatever it is or frame whatever it is in a very empowering uh, way. And the second thing is, what is, what is the little wisdom, the, you know, the nugget, um, the distinction, as my grandmother used to call it, the little gem. What's that small thing that you can take away or learn from the situation you were in that's so powerful. Um, and sometimes it's not one thing. It's sometimes it's many lessons that you will learn, including, you know, this is how I, this is how you don't run a business. This is how not to invest. <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to keep your money, if you want to grow your money, this is exactly how you shouldn't do it. You know, whatever it is, those distinctions, those learnings, uh, you want to mine for that wisdom. And to mine for wisdom means you have to be present, you have to be willing to to suspend your your uh, the the voice the little voice the roommate inside of your head that wants to 
condemn you, condemn other people, criticize everything, uh, you know, look for all the things that, that are wrong. Um, and you, you instead have that same roommate, look for it, not so much what's right, but what did I learn? And, and wh where, where are those, those you know, wisdom nuggets? And you see, it's a process of mining, which takes some time and takes some patience and takes really just being present uh, for, for a period of time so that you can be guided to what those things are. So that's part two, mining for the wisdom. And the third part is that you, you actually have to take care of yourself. Uh, and this is really uh, essential. It was essential when they studied you know, these top athletes and it's just as essential with people in business or you know people that are recovering from anything. Could be a breakup of a relationship, you know, they're pivoting in that area. It could be a health issue that they're recovering from cancer or some other, you know, diagnosis they've been given. You've got to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically have to do that. And so what does it look like? It means um, starting your day in a way that, that is healthy. Uh, it could be to take five minutes in the morning for your own practice, your own stillness practice or meditation practice. It could be, you know, making something really healthy to eat in the morning instead of grabbing coffee and a, and a uh, you know, in a fried egg or something, uh, you know, drinking green drink. It could be taking 20 minutes to walk during the day while you're, while you're at work or taking other uh, time during the day for yourself to simply be quiet um, or do something that you love, something you enjoy. Any of those things where you have it become more of a, uh, a conscious practice, which ultimately when you create these conscious practices, they become habits because we're, we're creatures of habit. And then ultimately when these habits become uh, things that you uh, are creating consciously uh, and that you are doing unconsciously well, so you're unconsciously competent at taking care of yourself, they become master habits, which we use, we, we call master habits rituals. We just give it a word that, that for us means something sacred, not religious, but something sacred. And that's the three steps to creating more resilience. And when you're able to create more resilience, um, there's no thing that I'm aware of in, in life that life can throw at us that we can't bounce back from and be stronger in the bouncing back, growing, you know, reaching and going higher in our, in our consciousness and higher in, in every aspect of our own actualization um, as a result of that resiliency. I love that. And I love that it's a combination of things that you do in the moment. So, you know, for, uh, Randy's reminders for you, of the, the creative aspect of that that puts the person in the creator position, which again is a responsibility kind of empowerment piece. But then also there is work to be done prior to those moments. And the work done prior to those moments is what leads to your resiliency in the moments. And so, you know, the, you know that balance of the, the quick tips and tricks for in the moment, as well as, you know, taking ownership of, of what you're creating moving forward and how you're preparing yourself for those moments, you know, a big topic of conversation within the, our superpower network has been the fact that I think people were erroneously operating under the assumption that the chaos and the, the tumultuousness and, and, the, and the, the trying times were, were going to magically end, you know, at some point in the enlightenment kind of journey. And, um, and I, I don't know that that's, that's the game, you know, I'm not really sure that, that that's, a, that's a worthwhile goal. I think instead developing that resiliency and having the ability to navigate chaos and to, to get clarity and to, to kind of have a solidity in that actualization piece as you, as you move through 
whatever comes to you is a much more empowered place to play from. Um, and it allows for events to unfold in ways that continue to polish us. Um, and so those, those three steps, I think, when implemented, um, really would be an amazing arsenal for folks uh, with regard to the transformation and pivot conversation. So thank you for sharing those. It, it's a lot, you know, thank you. It, it's a life skill. <laughs> it's an, an essential life skill because the only thing we can count on, or maybe not the only thing, but one thing we can certainly count on is that change is a constant. It, it will be, it's with us. Uh, disruption is everywhere and that's not a bad thing changes the cosmic law for manifestation in the universe so we don't get manifestation we don't have something new we don't have evolution we don't even have life if things don't change things that are stagnant are dead and so we can't remain stagnant we can't commit ourselves long term to the status quo and not see ourselves sort of just disintegrating on some level. And I think that's probably what was going on for you and the work that you were doing and the work I was doing formerly as a lawyer. I just was seeing myself disintegrating. I mean, I, I wouldn't have articulated it that way. I had no awareness of it, really. I just felt like shit, right? So <laughs> and, and, and I couldn't explain it. And the thing is that it's not a one and done. It's, it's exactly what you said. We prepare. Like life is a game of preparation. And so it's not, you know, if you're assuming, if you, you know, have the wisdom to assume that things are going to change regardless, you know, whether you are creating those changes or whether those changes are happening around you and you're just trying to hold center, um, changes are going to happen. And, um, and resiliency, what we're talking about is, is an essential way to not just survive the storm, if you want to call it that, but to utilize it, to utilize, to harness that energy, to harness the wind uh, that's blowing so hard. I mean, I, look, I went from being a lawyer, uh, 18 years in the practice, to running uh, an, an operation, a very large personal development training operation, and doing you know work that that really called to my heart and soul. And then, you know, less than a year ago, I started to have some conflicts with my partners in that business. And ultimately, uh, six months ago, we decided to part ways, um, which was also change, uh, not change I planned for five years ago when I decided, you know, this is the work I want to take on and, and all that sort of thing. So change happens and it's painful no matter where it meets you. Um, I think change, there's always going to be some loss when, when you change something because it won't be the same. Nothing will remain the same. So just a question of, are you hanging on to something that is old? Are you hanging on to something that in essence energetically is dead or are you living now and, and creating your life in this moment and obviously in, in, all, you know, in, in all the future moments that we're yet to know what they are? That, that's where all of our life exists. It, it exists in the unknown. It exists in the, in the dark, in the, in, in, in the uncertain. And this is what scares the crap out of, of every human I've ever met. I don't have met anybody yet that is immune to this. Um, and yet that's where, that's where courage comes. You know, that's where courage shows up, that we're still willing to, to deal with our fear and deal with our, our insecurity. And I deal with my, my uh, attachment to certainty, my attachment to the known um, every moment of every day. And that's my, you know, if I was going to say, what is my spiritual practice? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the essence of it. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I love all everything that you're talking about. 
folks, if you want to know more, you can catch Adam's book, Pivot, which we'll make sure to include a link here. Adam, where else can we send folks who want to want to get a better feel for what you're doing and, and get in touch with you? Oh, wonderful. You know, I, I would love to give people an opportunity to see where they're at in the sense of, you know, they in a pivot or are they thinking they're going to be pivoting, changing something, uh, you know, in their life anytime soon. And, and so we've got six essential questions that help people to, you know, get a sense to be more present to the process and where they're at maybe in the process or, uh, or what that looks like for them. And they can go to adammarkell.com to get that assessment. So, it uh, and my last name is spelled M-A-R-K-E-L. So AdamMarkel.com, and there's access to our podcasts and uh, some really great resources and tools that are on that site, including blog and and all kinds of things like that. And the six questions that we call a kickstart. Uh, so it's a kind of kickstart guide to people who want to either become more resilient, learn how it is that they can be ready for change when it's when it's going to show up on their doorstep, or Maybe they're like you and I, and they're just not 100% satisfied with some area of their life, and they want to make a change, but they don't know where to begin, and they sort of question whether they've got to kind of, you know, burn the ships or give up their job or give up some other area of their life and put themselves in real, you know, in great risk <laughs> to, uh, to create something new. And, and clearly, you don't have to do that, but uh, but until you, you know the process better as to how you make small changes that over time lead to transformation. Unless you, you know that or you've experienced it, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to do it without, without that fear at your, uh, you know, sitting in the driver's seat right, right with you. So yeah, the kickstart guide is great and they can get it right on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I, I just adore you. I, I love the work you're doing in the world. I honor you for um, being transparent about your story and the transitions you've made and, and um, what you've learned along the way so that so that yeah you know the fear is going to be there for folks but but it certainly is a ton easier when you've got someone walking beside you or holding your hand um and and so i honor the fact that you you do that for for people in your life so thank you oh what a pleasure thank you absolutely and to everyone out there of course as always we absolutely appreciate you and we appreciate your loyalty and till next time go out uncover your superpowers and change the world take care everyone are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.